0: Three, two, one, and we're back. And, Julie, it is July the 20th. And, man, we had a great day yesterday in Boise meeting with a lot of great EXP and Harris coaching clients. Um, and, John Weber, thank you for introducing us to all the people on your team. And I have to say I really like Boise. Boise definitely mm-hmm. reminded me of where you and I yeah. are from, Columbus, Ohio.
1: Yeah, nice, you know. Middle of the road, not particularly a resort or destination town where some really lovely people live along a river. I think that kind of reminds us of the old Tangy, perhaps. But uh, it was really great to meet Jonna's team and some of her associates and other people that are in the area, some of our coaching clients and mm-hmm. coaches, et cetera. So that was a really nice little mini event that turned out
0: Boise did not have a pretentious air in it's in its uh, bone not in its body <laughs> yeah it was nice <laughs> not at all it's pretty awesome <laughs> yeah there's no errors being put on in Boise Idaho and it was it was beautiful too honestly it's a great yep. place to live I can I uh, instantly felt relaxed and comfortable uh, when yeah. we started to get to know the city a little bit. And so, for all of you in Boise, thank you for hosting us. We had a great time, and now we are on our way to remind uh, me Kennewick,
1: Washington. Kennewick, Washington up to Blaine, Washington,
0: and then we're going up to Blaine, Washington. We're meeting with Glenn Sanford, the CEO of. Um, EXP Realty, we're all the founder, not CEO. And then we're headed down to, I mean, where are we going after that, Probably Julie Redwoods. Redwoods and down. We're going to try to drive the coastal, the 101, almost all the way down mm-hmm. as far as we can go until it gets kind of congested. Or frankly, I know in part of Central California, the 101 or one, US one, has literally fallen into the ocean.
1: Yeah, so we won't be taking that <laughs> route, but we'll cut so, into the five at that so, point. So
0: around Big Sur, we're not going to be taking. Yeah, we'll be cutting uh, into the five. But and
1: the, you notice how we're already switching over to California talk. The of the five. Yeah, I know, I know. Because that. the freeways in California deserve that. So they it's do. All good.
0: Right. Well, anyway, we're having a great time, and we we are posting our travel uh, journey on a travel site that we created and I'm going to give you guys access. Actually, you know what I'll do is on the show description uh, for this podcast, we're going to start embedding a site, which is also showing the map of where we are and where we've been and uh, much to my bemusement, (laughs) it appears that we will have gone to 22 different sites.
1: States.
0: States. States. Yes. Sorry. 22 different. I'm even feeling a little tired, even thinking about it, but 22 different States. And we're going to be on the road once we're done with this uh, for 59 days. We'll have started in Dallas, and we're driving all over the country. We'll end in um, Atlanta.
1: And today is day 14.
0: And today is day 14. And our our mission is to meet as many of you guys as possible, or at the very least, share our sojourn with you. And it's really been, um, I think, quite inspiring in ways that I wouldn't have expected so far, sharing this experience with you and Zoe. Mm -hmm and meeting with all these just really great, wonderful agents. It's, you know, the air of optimism is, I would say cautious optimism is in the air, certainly. And I think that leads perfectly into uh, what we're gonna be talking about today. And I just, I also wanna Mm -hmm. say too, we're continuing to get a lot of great feedback on the five days we did last week, talking about that investor article about eXp Realty. If you guys have not yet listened, if you're at all curious about eXp Realty, Um, And you need to listen to those podcasts and read the article. We included the link to the guys. um, It was a financial analysis, our financial analyst. We include the link in the article, but go back and listen to that because he really does go through a lot of the meat and potatoes of EXP, which I think once you read it, you'll realize it's something you're probably going to be interested in. If that is the case and you are looking for a sponsor that will support you in sponsoring, please do consider Julie and I. We are formally applying for the job. Just text uh, me directly at 512-758-0206. All right. So we're going to pick up where we left off yesterday. And today we're talking about what we are perceiving to be some very, very, very early warning signs of a housing slowdown. And um, we predicated what we were saying yesterday by um, impressing upon all of you that we do not think that there's going to be any sort of precipitous drop in pricing or values. We do think, however, there will be a slowing of appreciation for probably the rest of the summer being maybe two or three months. But after that, all bets are off because what Julie and I are seeing on the road um, and what I think a lot of you guys are considering yourselves personally is taking some downtime. And there are, there's absolutely no reason to believe that uh, there's going to be any sort of real meaningful slowing in, in uh, house price appreciation or inflation anytime soon. Unless I would say the only thing we're going to talk about that a little bit. Uh, I don't want to, you know, I'll just foreshadow one point. The one thing that could uh, possibly throw a little bit of water on the fire would be the sl- the rising of interest rates but based on what we're seeing um there's not going to be any sort of increase in interest rates anytime soon uh, but do listen to each of these points and julie and i are sharing these points with you for two reasons one to educate your uh, to educate you agents are nat- naturally skeptical rightfully so because you're self-employed and you got to be looking out for yourselves Uh, but also sometimes skeptical to the point where they become complacent and stop taking action. So we're sharing this information with you because we want to balance out um, those emotions so that you then could uh, feel more confident yourself and at the same time you can help your buyers and your sellers make wise housing decisions. Information is power, and the more information you have as pertains to being a true real estate expert, um, and not the fake, you know, influencer sense, but the truest sense. The more powerful you're going to feel, and the more confident you're going to feel, having real estate conversations.
1: That's right. So knowledge equals confidence. Ignorance equals fear. So our job is to help you with the knowledge part of this. We started this off with point number one yesterday. So point number two, we're talking about how would you know whether your market is starting to adjust? And highlighting the fact that there's a huge difference between adjust and crash. We're not talking about crash we're talking about adjust. So point number two, monitor the average days on the market where you sell. Are they going up or are they going down? Does it depend on the price range, the zip code, the county? Days on the market can vary greatly depending on the subject property. So drill down and be specific before each and every listing appointment. They're not going to be the same. You remember when we sold in Columbus, it could be the same exact house in Franklin County, but you go north to Delaware County, same exact house is gonna have longer days on the market the further into the county it is. Why was that? Difference in school districts, difference in uh, conveniences and all of that kind of thing. So it can be uh, varied depending on your market. Your,
0: nothing nothing yeah. make an a- makes an agent seem more ignorant mm. than when asked the question, how's the market, it's a great time to buy or a great time to sell. That's a, a really- lazy answer. That's a lazy answer that makes people distrust you uh, the answer would be well, it you know, essentially, you need to cater the answer to the specific market in which you're selling and then show them the nuanced differences in values, depending on maybe even where they live if you know the people well, or at the very least, be able to sh- uh, kind of color in the different um, knowledge gaps that they'll have. And you really need to listen to what Julie just said because it can literally mean five miles from one neighborhood is another neighborhood, that one neighborhood is selling incredibly well. We're, again, five miles away. The other neighborhood's not selling as well. Those little nuanced differences are what makes you unique and special in the marketplace amongst consumers, not your Instagram profile. That Instagram profile, all the social networking stuff by itself is not going to get the job done. You need to be using an actual skills, knowledge-based approach, and then enhancing it with all the uh, the social media stuff. But guess what? If you're really good at the first, you don't even ever have to do the social media stuff in a, in a time-consuming or a certain, uh, certainly an expense-consuming manner.
1: Because your skills will stand alone, and they will make you shine. So remember that your town might have an average days of, on the market of, say, 40, but the neighborhood that you're going into on an appointment could be only three, or the opposite. So, when you see the days on the market increase, your market is shifting towards a less competitive one. How do you know? Again, we go back to your MLS hot sheet, and there's lots of, you know, boards of realtors report on this all the time. It's very easy to get the average days on the market, but be specific to your subject property. This is why our BPO agents have an advantage, you know, because they do this pricing stuff all the time.
0: But even if you're not doing BPOs, our most expensive listing agents, we always coach them to work with at least three buyers, and we try to Get them to work at least three buyers in different price ranges. And the reason we do that is because we want the listing agents, because it's very easy to get siloed in as a listing agent and lose contact with actually the new listings if you're not actually act- actively out there seeing them. So in order, f- and you will lose your edge if you act that way. So you have to always have top producing agents, at least three really AAA motivated buyers. Ideally, buyers who also have their houses for sale, where you're going to basically get a guaranteed, you know, Ideally l- with you. a list <laughs> paycheck and a right, a buy paycheck. Um, and then you will get to know the market nothing is going to slip by you as far as the, and when you go on a listing appointment, it's not just going to be looking at pictures and trying to explain the seller why this house is worth this or this or the other thing. You're going to be able to say, well, those pictures look really great and that house is really fantastic, but guess what? It smells like cat pee.
1: Exactly. Because (laughs) you have that experience. Yes. Okay. So let's see. Point number three, watch. These are things to monitor to see what's happening in your market. Watch the number of offers that active listings are receiving on average, the number of offers. Again, your Board of Realtors, your MLS, your local housing news all report on this regularly, but again, it depends on the same factors that we just discussed. In most markets, the higher the price, the fewer offers the home will get, but this is not always true. In the beginning of this year, homes were receiving more than 20 offers in some markets, but in a lot of areas, this has decreased significantly. When buyers are less and less likely to compete, your market is shifting towards a more balanced market. And we're going to define what a balanced market really means in a future podcast.
0: Well, why don't you do that now?
1: I have to skip ahead by about three days,
0: but... Oh, well, we'll repeat it in three days because it's yeah. worth it's a, okay. a good point let's to go drill down there. on now because a lot of people aren't going to understand that.
1: Okay. Well, I'll do the overview and then we'll drill down on a future one. So sure. what is the definition of a balanced market? We've all been talking about a seller's market for months and months, right? So there's seven indicators, but essentially the, the easy way to look at it is that in a balanced market, and this is according to economists, NAR, analysts, they all define it the same way. When supply and demand are equal, and we're going to do a whole show on that so basically there's one offer for every house it doesn't sell right away um like you know, when, you when, usually don't have competing offers that sort of thing when
0: julie and i sold real estate we sold real estate all over well primarily in central ohio and then we migrated out to an area called new albany ohio and so it was very normal on some, in some areas of where we sold real estate to get maybe one or two, maybe three offers. Much more than that, it was very abnormal. And the reason was is because even if it was a great new listing, there was going to be probably another great new listing two days later. And the buyers and the agents knew it. So they didn't get that emotional about some new listing. Yeah. Now, realistically, I don't know if you quantified it this way, but a balanced market is where the average days in the market is around 90, 90 days, right in there. In some markets, it might be, you know, like when Julie and I sold real estate, the our average days in the market—I know it sounds like forever, but let me, you know, frame this mm-hmm. out for you. Our the average averages. days in the market was 93, but the and that was really, really good, right? Yeah. And, but the average days in the market in the MLS that we sold in, which was uh, this was back in the 90s, was 181 or something. Yeah. I mean, it was twice more as long, than six months. More than six months, and so you guys are thinking, "Well, oh my gosh, I wouldn't know how to deal with a listing for more than you know twenty-two seconds." <laughs> and I realize many of you've never had I to know. develop that skill set. And look, let me be honest with you: you, when you start, you know, building listing inventory, you do have to take a very you know seller, uh, seller, customer service approach to your business. And we teach you that in our coaching program. Which, by the way, if you guys are ready to become listing agents, which every single one of you should be, you should hop on over to TimAndJulieHarris.com, click on coaching. And consider joining Premier Coaching. And remember, guys, you join Premier Coaching. Go ahead, Julie. You uh, just text. Uh, what's what's the keyword? Do you remember?
1: Uh, success.
0: Yeah, text success to four, seven, three, seven, two. You better write that down. So we don't yep. forget I got it. Text six, the word success S U C C E S S to four, seven, three, seven, two. We'll text you back a link to the premier coaching program. You can join premier coaching pro uh, our premier coaching program and get a daily semi-private coaching call. You receive our, pre-listing pack that you can have customized for you listing presentations, buyer listing presentations, all the scripts, everything you could possibly ever need or open house system, every single, I mean, Julie, what else? I mean, premier is just chock all full, all kinds of scripts, every right. script. You
1: you could possibly want, pre-listing package, listing presentation, buyer presentation as yep. well.
0: And you can join Premier Coaching for around $100 a month. So uh, again, text text the word SUCCESS to 47372. Seven seven two. Yes. <laughs> Thank
1: you. Okay. We have to remind ourselves because we're not surrounded by all of our wipe off boards in the normal <laughs> we're office. We're in a
0: hotel room, really. It, yeah. <laughs>
1: okay so what else do you watch for to see if your market's shifting point number four watch for the percent of sales that received competing offers now by and large agents think that it's everything that they're doing all the time and in little micro markets that may be true but countrywide it is not a hundred percent redfin recently reported that just under forty percent are currently receiving competing offers when you see this continue to drop you're seeing a market shift so Number of offers you're up against, when that drops, things are changing. And the amount of times that you're doing that also. But
0: but nobody reports on competing offers. Redfin's reporting. Uh, Well, I mean, Redfin does. Yeah. but you can't find what your competing listings in the MLS or you don't know if they're receiving multiple offers. You don't know if the listing is for sale. You
1: can experience it yourself though. Right. And so for example, on but, Facebook but the, live, I'm hearing agents say, I can't believe I got a buyer in contract and I didn't have to compete this time.
0: Well, but also that's the, goes back to one of our, you know, fundamentals of our coaching program is don't be a jerk, right? You yes. get to know the other agents in your marketplace and ask the listing agents, even if you don't have a buyer for the property, what their experience is. Mm-hmm. That's how you're going to know you guys got to remember, um, All the big, you know, CNBC, Bloomberg, Redfin, all these guys are usually regurgitating the exact same report that may have come out from one particular analytical source. And they just spin it around. In this case, all these articles are basically sourced from Redfin. And Redfin, and they sometimes spin the content in such a way that they're mm-hmm. trying to spin a specific, uh, like in this one, the, you read all these headlines about the market slowing down. But they're not, none of the articles that, uh, you read all of them in the mm-hmm. car, mm-hmm. did any of the articles take into account that the market normally slows down in the peak no, of the No, because they're not in
1: it the way right, we are.
0: exactly. So a lot of these sources of media that your consumers are going to be using are not relevant or are, are not a very good trustworthy source in the sense that they're not going to say well yes the market is slower or yes things are taking you know a couple hairs longer on the market than they normally do but nowhere are they also going to say but guess what this happens all the time exactly but that's Every where summer. you come in
1: that's where your expertise comes right. in Okay, so, yes, do network with agents, especially experienced listing but, agents who are seeing this all the time. Yeah, but add
0: to this, too, that yep. we're at the end of this COVID thing, right, or sure. you know, end-ish of it, right? Mm-hmm. And you're seeing basically everyone seems to be competing for the same hotel rooms you and I are trying to get. Oh, that's for sure. Yeah. and and we, every, Well, there
1: is no comparable, I think is your point. Right. There's no this time is just like last time, and people try really hard to make that true. But it's not true. So you've got to use your experience plus the facts. But
0: it, th- but this yeah. goes to the relevance of having this market knowledge and being somebody that you're a potential sellers and buyers and centers of influence and past clients. And everywhere you go, people are, are going to know you're in real estate. You don't just say it's a great time to buy or a great ah. time to sell. You have to provide them actual content and information. We The notes that Julie laboriously wrote in the car on the way here are going to be posted on all the normal podcasting uh, you know, syndication sites. We we are on Spotify. We're on iTunes. We're on Amazon. We're on everywhere. So if you want to have the notes to this podcast, now, some of them don't always take all of our notes because we usually put gobs of notes on uh, our show descriptions for, for this podcast. So you can just go over to TimAndJulieHarris.com and you will get the full notes there mm-hmm. and use them for your own media uh, syndication or uh, for basically uh, educating yourself.
1: That's right. So, and an example of you know all these reports saying, "Oh, inventory is going up, the housing market is shifting." Well, you also have to drill down on, again, in your particular market. If you are seeing more inventory, don't generalize. Most of the markets that are seeing more inventory, it's in the higher end, right? And a lot of what I read said a million and up is where most of the inventory is coming from, right? So, you know, do well, your
0: research. You're now bringing in. Let's just really loop this around, right? Mm. And the upper end buyers are in the upper end market. That market is generally speaking the slowest in the peak of the summer, and all the luxury markets that Julie and I've coached agents in. And we coach agents in all the big luxury markets. And just to really make a finer point of this, in Greenwich, Connecticut, Rob Johnson is the number one uh, agent in that market, who we coached since basically he started selling real estate. uh, He sells uh, properties that uh, he sold one last year that was. I don't even remember how much, 25 or 35 million. I mean, these are not inexpensive homes. Well, guess what? Most of the people in that stratosphere, they aren't even in the United States in August. They're 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 on their yacht, they're in Europe, they're doing their thing. And and this is true out in LA, this is true down in Miami. So people take time off and wealthy people will So again, if you're in that market and you're seeing a slowdown, don't freak out. If your customers are reading the media and they're questioning this, you know, oh my gosh, is the market about to turn? No, it's not.
1: Yes, and in fact, a lot of the things that I read about that also stated that even though there is an uptick in inventory, and it's not a huge uptick, we're just seeing a little inkling of that, that in the three hundred and fifty thousand and less, we still have very starved inventories. No,
0: it, basically, I was you know. actually I was talking to some Boise agents yeah. uh, yesterday, mm-hmm. and I was asking them like this, uh, what was his name? Um, the young guy that was there, twenty four years old. Do you remember his name? I, I don't remember his down name in my notes. <laughs> yeah, but he he was a super nice guy and he owned a rental property yep. and and he was asking me and we were specifically guys talking about EXP revenue share and we we're talking about buying rental properties and he was I impressed with the fact that he owned a rental property at 24 he owned a rental property guys and the cash flow from his rental property was paying for the house payment on the house in which he lived that's pretty damn that's good at really 24 good. I think everyone will agree mm-hmm. well so we he and I were talking about you know he was asking well what the revenue share he's going to make from exp should be investing in more rental properties should be buying index funds um, you know all these good questions to which the answer is yes yes and yes but we talked about rental properties and I said What's the least expensive rental property, a rentable property, single family, let's say, that you can buy in Boise, Idaho, right now? His answer, ready for this, listeners? 400 grand. No big surprise, right? Like Julie and I have properties that we bought, I mean, not even 15 years ago for less than 100 grand that are now worth basically over 300 grand. It's crazy. That's inflation for you. So, And most of the inflation or most of the price appreciations happen in the last 24 months. Mm-hmm. That's not normal, by the way. So I asked him, so what would, even if you put down like say 20%, you had a $320,000 mortgage and he and I sort of guessed at the monthly payment and we figured the monthly payment all in would be about uh, 2,500 bucks. I said, so what was said property that you paid 400 for that you owe 320 on that you put 80 grand down on hopefully there's no repairs or whatnot how much would that house uh, cost uh, per month he said 2500 bucks and how much would it rent he said you'd be lucky to get two grand to which yeah. i said well then how does that make it for a good rental property if you're losing six thousand dollars on it per year subsidizing the renters. you not know to
1: mention your 80 grand down
0: yeah not to mention your 80 grand down not to mention so he he was it, it was a great question because the reality of it is in a market like this the The rents in some markets haven't. It, it's it's all discombobulated now. The rents will increase with inflation, assuming it's not transitory, and you're going to see some renters being priced out of the homes that they're even renting it uh, now. That happens in markets. But the moral of the story is this is really all of what we're experiencing now of, of really last maybe 18 to 24 months normally takes 10 or maybe even 15 years to happen. And so this, this momentum, yeah, it's, it's incredible. I mean, you know, so in his example, he wanted to buy more rental properties. If you know the money, the math doesn't make sense for him, you know, and the math doesn't make sense for many agents. Um, but, you know, to the larger point here, the reality of it is, is it's still a great time to buy a house that you're going to live in with a low interest rate. And uh, because the inflation or the appreciation on the property, if you buy a house for 400 grand, even if the, the inflation, the appreciation slows down to say 5% per year, you're almost basically, I mean, at 5%, at 400 grand, you're not quite covering what your mortgage payment would be, but you're pretty damn close to it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So it still makes sense. Uh, maybe not as a rental so much, though. No, not yes. as a rental, but as a homeowner for it does. For now. Okay, so point number five, this will be our final point for today, and then we'll continue this tomorrow. Five. Uh, point number five, what to monitor. Monitor the number of purchase mortgage applications. We're not talking about the refinance flow, because with low rates, that's very high. But monitor the purchase mortgage applications. This is an indication of buyer demand. Remember, the, the seller's market is a function of more demand on the buyer side than there is from the seller side from the listings to supply for that for example according to mortgage bankers association this week when people quote the mba that's what it is quote purchase applications increased last week but average loan sizes decreased to their lowest level since january 2021 we continue to see ebbs and flows as housing demand remains strong but for sale inventory remains low however lower rates may be helping some home buyers close on their purchases especially first-time buyers, but the year-over-year comparisons were down significantly for both purchase and refinance applications as they were relative to a non-holiday week in 2020. There was a lot of funky reporting because of the 4th of July. Yes, ma'am. If applications, not refinance, just purchase applications, continue to decline, you're seeing less buyer-side demand and your market is shifting, not necessarily towards a buyer's market, but towards a balanced market. So I think that's probably a good place
0: to. Yeah, write. yeah. That's a good place. And so we'll start at
1: number six uh, we'll,
0: tomorrow, tomorrow. Right. And then we're going to get into more of the education. And again, use this information for yourself. Use this information uh, for your clients. Use this information on your own podcast. Hopefully you have one or your own blog or your newsletter, or whatever it is, use this information so that people will realize after having read what you have to say that you are not just another agent that happens to be on TikTok.
1: Yes, exactly. <laughs> You've got to show your skill. It will be obvious. People will trust you, and you'll have to do less of the goofy stuff.
0: That's right. So in the meantime, if you if you guys need to get a hold of us for anything, feel free to text me directly at 512-758-0206. Have a fantastic day. We'll talk with you on the show tomorrow. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching.